The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently, we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat Good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com and uh, check out the two videos at the top of the screen. The one on the left side is Bradley's show from yesterday. So if you didn't get to see that and you'd like to check that out, uh, please do so. You can do so up until 3 o'clock Eastern, at which time he'll be live in that little area right there. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button, blow up whatever device you got. Uh, look for the Rumble icon in the bottom right-hand corner. Click on that and join us in the chat on Rumble. We've got some friends over there this morning. Good to see all of you guys. And... Um, <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, I just saw that, uh, Carol Ann, that little comment about my pronunciation. Sometimes I do have difficulty. <laughs> I'm not going to say I don't, but uh, yeah, sometimes I provide some comic relief. Anyway, you click on that and join us on the chat over there. We'd love to have you over there with us. And also, we are streaming live to Sons of Liberty Radio Live on Rumble. That's the channel, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Please subscribe and Help us grow that channel. We'd appreciate it very much. Also, we're on beforeitsnews.com, top of the page there, so you can catch us over there as well. We thank those guys for giving us a space. Be sure while you're over at sonsoflibertymedia.com, sign up for the email newsletter. It goes out once a night between 7 and 8 um, Eastern p.m. And, um, yeah, that includes the morning show archive, too. So if you, you know, a lot, a lot of people will send me things, hey, where can I find that video or Where's that document you talked about or what was that scripture passion, whatever that's in that that's in that archive. I archive it every day at sonsoflibertymedia.com. If you sign up for the email, you'll get it in your inbox every night. And then if you want to know what's going on in the ministry of the Sons of uh, Liberty, go to sonsoflibertyradio.com and you can sign up for that there. That goes out once a week on Saturdays. And finally, if you'd like to help support us, uh, keep us out there doing what we're doing. Click on the donate button at sonsoflibertymedia.com. Make a one time donation or partner with us monthly. As a son or daughter of liberty, and we uh, really do appreciate you guys very much. Now, I was I was busy here looking up things and opening up stuff, and I didn't even just get a chance to go back 
and kind of review some of the um, the videos that uh, I had had uploaded here recently. I, and I'm just going to do a couple of these because <clears throat> um, actually, I should have opened up all of these. My goodness. Uh, and, and, the, and the reason is, is because these right here fit in. It's kind of a carryover from what we talked about yesterday. Okay. If you didn't get to see yesterday's show, it wasn't really all about Donald Trump. I mean, that was, a, that's just a part. I'm going to make mention of what's going on with the Donald Trump thing too, because I don't know if you're catching it or not, but part of what is, what's happening is is they are embedding in the minds of the people to start finding out who some of these women are that are in these charges. Now, they came up before Stormy Daniels and the other lady. Uh, there's a story out about her today. What's, uh, what's this lady's name? Uh, Karen McDougal. And I hear the people, I hear Trump supporters going, oh, it was, you know, this is, this is this private life and nonsense. And we've talked about that before. We've talked about that, uh, that, that God is very clear about how those who take positions of authority are to have character about them. And we've been taught in the, we were taught in the age of Bill Clinton, those of you who are around then, you were taught, well, public life is different than private life. No, it's not. No, it's not. If you're immoral in your in your private life, you're going to be moral immoral in your public life unless you're putting a mask on. Do you understand? And <clears throat> this is the imagery. This is the image that they want to conform us to. They want to conform us into being hypocrites. Be aware of that. So we got, um, and I didn't pull this one up here, but I'm gonna I'm just going to give you two examples here because what we're going to be talking about is how they, and I mean they, I talk about those of the world. Okay, who are involved in the world system, how they are trying to conform us to their image. You've heard a lot of um, the reports of multiple uh, women that many of these politicians ha have had. You say, well, David, David committed adultery. Yeah, he did. And when he was confronted, what did he do? He repented. And were there consequences? Yeah. All the rest of his days, the sword would not depart his house. Man, he had problems with his children. He had a son that, that killed the other son. He had one son that raped his daughter. He lost the child that he, he had fathered with Bathsheba. There were tremendous consequences. It wasn't just, oh, well, he did that. We realize he did that. That's an example for us not to do it, not to go and do it, but to not do it. So with all of this comes out with Trump, I want you I want to show you a little something because I was thinking about it the other day when this when this thing that took up the news all day this alleged indictment all these indictments 34 thing You do understand this is more WWE Trump's a part of it too don't don't think don't let his demeanor change you remember he's an actor He is an actor So what do we find? Okay, so here is uh, here's a story out today. Ex-Playboy model. Keep that in mind. That's what they're presenting here. This isn't about, this isn't even really about Trump. This is about getting you to lose your moral compass here. And I'll guarantee you people are doing with Karen McDougal 
what they're doing with Stormy Daniels. And I'm going to tell you about that in just a second. But she breaks her silence after Donald Trump's indictment. I hope I didn't miss anything. Okay, so they talk to this lady too. So what is it all about? Why do you make this emphasis on Playboy and all this, Tim? I'll show you. This is from the Daily Mail. Somebody dropped this in one of the Telegram groups or something. I forget where I pulled this up at. It says, Stormy Daniels, she's, she's an adult. It, I don't even know why we call it that. It, she's a porn star. Let's just put it that way. We don't call it it's adult. Adult shouldn't even be, you know, having any, anyway. She sees a spike in Pornhub searches with more than 650,000 people searching for her explicit videos on the day of Donald Trump's arraignment. It said that she enjoyed 32,400% rise in Pornhub uh, searches on Tuesday. Now, why is that important? Well, again, I didn't bring up this one. Uh, I wish I'd have brought this one up too. This one was on my mind. Um, but it's this is part of what they said in the communist goals to take over America. Now you have read about I've read this to you several times. Um, and right smack dab in the middle of the 45 goals, and there are 45, we could go through, maybe we'll take a show and go through all 45 uh, one day just to see how much they have infiltrated and how they have conformed Americans to their image. Okay. Uh, but I've read some of these to you before. I want to read a couple of them to you again so that you understand how these little inputs here not only distract you, but they're influencing other people to go and look for these other things that do, that to most normal people wouldn't think this is part of the story. This is part of what they're doing. And if you remember correctly, when we had Kathy O'Brien on, this was, I mean, these kinds of things were, were the kind of issues that they would use and they would traumatize the people and they would use that trauma in order to control them. So let me give you a couple of these. These are some of the um, some of the 45 goals. And again, they're right smack dab in the middle. These are the ones that really stand out to me. Infiltrate the press. Get control of book review assignments, editorial writing, policy-making positions. Gain control of key positions in radio, TV, and motion pictures. Continue discrediting American culture by degrading all forms of artistic expression. An American communist cell was told to, quote, Eliminate all good sculpture from parks and buildings. Substitute shapeless, awkward, and meaningless forms, end quote. 23. Control art critics and directors of art museums. Quote, our plan is to promote ugliness, repulsive, meaningless art. And we've seen that, haven't we? Number 24. Eliminate all laws governing obscenity by calling them censorship and a violation of free speech and free press. Well, we've seen that too. Number 25, break down cultural standards of morality by promoting pornography and obscenity in books, magazines, motion pictures, radio and TV, and I would say in political stories. Present homosexuality, this is number 26. Present homosexuality, degeneracy, that would probably fall under these whole drag queen stuff, and promiscuity as, quote, normal, natural, and healthy, end quote. Infiltrate the churches and replace revealed religion with social, social religion. Discredit the Bible and emphasize the need for intellectual maturity, which does not need a religious crutch. 
And it goes on, eliminate prayer or any phase of religious expression in the schools on the ground that it violates the principles of, quote, separation of church and state, end quote. And, and again, there are a multitude of these that go on past that. But you'll notice they take, and they take what God has made and called it good, and that is the sexual intercourse relationship between man and wife, and they have perverted it into all kinds of things. And it is to demoralize the people. That is their goals. They have written them. This isn't, tell them making this up, that they have written them. This is what they want to do. So when you're watching this stuff that comes out, watch, watch for it because it's going to come out all these details about things. And it's going to go to the profane and to the unclean rather than to any sense of justice. You know, it was, it was a shame uh, years ago during the impeachment of Bill Clinton they had to go down this road of telling you all of the dirty details. And when I say the dirty details, any of you guys who ever watched the impeachment trial of Bill Clinton, uh, which they were bringing him up on the charges uh, for, you know, lying to a jury. And everybody says, what well, was just lying about sex? Everybody does it. No, everybody doesn't do it. And we all know what it was for. It was to cover up what they were doing with China. But they charged him with lying to the grand, lying to the grand jury about sex, and then they had Ken Starr evidently had to get all the the dirty details of everywhere his face was and hands were and cigars and everything, and the whole thing was to demoralize the people who were hearing it. Don't think that wasn't the point, and you're going to get this in Trump too. Many of his supporters already don't care that he's, a, that he's a womanizer. They don't care. That tells you how far we've come from, say, 50 years ago. So keep that in mind. This is what they're doing. They're trying to conform us to their own image. Now, the Bible tells us, and of course we have read many times from... Um, uh, Boy, I, I don't know why I've missed this part here. We've been told many times that God's judgment has come upon the United States. And it's come in such a way, that if, when you read how God judges a people, he judges them very slowly. In other words, he's, he's not swift to just let off his anger. Occasionally, you do see that in Scripture. But it just seems that way. Let's take Sodom and Gomorrah, for instance. He didn't destroy them when they needed destroying right at the first. He gave them time, and he allowed it to fester, and then he sent his angels in there to destroy them. It didn't just happen overnight that they just turned wicked. They were, they were wicked for a while. They were dealing with it for a while. And the Bible tells us that the nation that forgets God, Yahweh, the true and living God, the nation that forgets God will be turned into hell. And some of our major cities are really seeing this, and now it's starting to seep out into the rural areas and the suburbs. Okay? So, what's causing this? I'm going to tell you what the underlying cause is. Okay? Let me take you to Proverbs 29, verse 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Happy is he. 
Now, this comes in the midst of some other things that are said. So let me take you to the context of that, because you've probably heard this, this verse spouted off. Listen to what it says. Verse 15 of Proverbs 29. The rod and reproof give wisdom. Now, he's talking about in the home, and he's talking about what we call corporal punishment. We're not talking about beating a child to death. Uh, we're talking about, one, you correct with words, and two, if need be, you correct with the rod. And the scripture lays it out that it's a wooden rod. It is a, uh, for lack of a better term, in the modern terminology, at least what we use, was a wooden spoon on the bottom. Not on the head, not on the arms or the hands, it's on the bottom, right? Correction. Not devastation. That's not what we're looking for. We're looking for correction. So he says the rod and reproof, that's that spanking and that's to get their attention, really. And the reproof, that's the correction with your mouth of the towards the word of God. But a child left to himself bringeth his mother shame. You know, when you go in the Old Testament, and you start reading through about these wicked kings. Do you know who's named in there? They're moms. They're moms. When you find a good king in, in Israel, it, you, you, see, you see them uh, exalted for their wisdom and for how they handled things and how they honored the Lord. But a child left himself bring his mother shame. When the wicked are multiplied, transgression increaseth, but the righteous shall see their fall. Hmm. I'm looking forward to that day. How about you? A lot of you I know want to see those who've transgressed the law, the wicked in our country, you want to see them get theirs. But the righteous shall not fall. Or the righteous shall see their fall. Excuse me. Correct thy son, and he shall give thee rest. Yea, he shall give delight unto thy soul. Correction is a good thing. Not when it's done in arrogance, but when it's done in love, because when you correct somebody, you want to see them come to the knowledge of that truth so that they obey that truth. Right? I mean, isn't that the, the whole point of, rec of correcting someone is not to show them how smart you are or any of this other stuff. It is to take and it is to teach them. It is to encourage them to go in the way they should go. Same thing happens with children. And then he says this. Uh, correct thy son, he shall give thee rest. Yea, he shall give delight unto thy soul. For where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Well, but Tim, we can't keep the law. Well, what is the Spirit of God been put into us for? Has it been put into us so we can keep on sinning? The law that once condemned us, when we come to Christ, when we have been born again, it is a pitch, it is a, it becomes a, it becomes this instruction of what it is to really love God and what it is to love man. No longer condemning us because we are those who want to fulfill that law. We want to obey that law. Why? Because of what Christ did for us. Was his death in vain for you, friend? Who calls yourself a Christian? Is that what it was? Nope. And what is this thing about vision? I've heard preachers go off on this thing about, oh, I had a vision. That's not what it means. 
It means where there is no revelation, and it's I think it's specifically speaking to the Word of God, where you are not hearing from the Creator Himself, the people perish. Why? Because they do stuff like what we just read. They, they do whatever they want to do. I'm going to give you an example of that in a second. And then a, pro, a Proverbs goes on, a servant will not be corrected merely by, I mean, by corrected by words, for though he understand, he will not answer. Seest thou a man that is hasty in his words? There is more hope of a fool than of him. He that delicately bringeth up his servant from a child shall have him become his son at the length. Hmm. You care for those ones who are under your authority. You care for them. You don't beat them down. You care for them. So what's the issue here? Well, I gave you this instance here. I'm going to play a couple of videos here. Some of these, one of them is one I referenced from yesterday, but I want you to see kind of some things that are going on here. I ran across this yesterday. This is from a California news outlet. I forget what they were called. Anyway, it's absolutely incredible. Now, for those of you who are on the radio, you, you won't be able to see it. You'll be able to hear the stuff that's going in fact there may be some expletives so what i'm going to do is i'm going to crank it up and I'll, I'll walk you through it those of you on the radio because you won't be able to see that this happened in um agora hills california a woman apparently and they just caught her right as she got in the car and slammed it into a concrete barrier and then this one i don't know what's going on with this woman okay but uh here's 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 what she here's what she did. Now you guys this is incredible. Okay, so the lady, you'll see the car here. She's already taken the car, rammed it into one of these concrete barriers, and then she I I'm just turning down the sound. She hits a car, about takes out two or three people, then she rams it into a, another car here, and people are trying to get her out of the car because apparently from this news report there was an elderly lady in the car with her. I never saw her. And then she just keeps running into cars in this parking lot in the middle of broad daylight. And she backs up and she hits another car. And she backs up and hits another one. And this one guy, you can see him, this, this brave soul here. He's out there. And then she just crashes through these cars. This is in California. Then she gets out and runs from the car. And they tackle her. Now, I don't know what's going on with this lady. And you say, what does this have to do? What is causing people to do this stuff right here? That's the question I'm going to leave you with, and I'm going to answer it in just a minute. But they tackle this lady going, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Now, I don't know what's wrong with the lady. <laughs> I guess I could ask... Did you get that COVID shot and somebody tap into you or something? I, I don't know. I don't know. But this is the stuff that they're doing. Now, let's take the more prominent things that we see that they're doing, and maybe you can draw some other examples from this. If you guys in the chat want to slap some examples in here, that's fine. I want to take you back to this guy. Um, I don't even remember what the guy, Dylan Pontiff, that was his name. This was a couple of years ago. During the show yesterday, I made mention of this guy who, who confessed that the drag queens are actually grooming your children 
And um, <clears throat> I was able to go back and find the article. I had it in yesterday's archive and the video as well. But this guy, I want you to listen to what he says. And this is the this is the picture. They are trying to conform us in their own wicked image because they want us to be just like their daddy, who is the devil. Listen to Dylan and listen to what he says here. This happened in 2018. Whoops. Actually going to be one of the drag queens reading for drag queen story time. So apparently to a lot of people in this room, I'm the big boogeyman. And as you can see, I'm probably the most unintimidating person you've ever seen in your entire life. Um, I decided to do this event whenever it was introduced because I have nieces and nephews that I love very much. And I am a person that has been through a lot in their lives. I've been bullied most of my life for being a gay male, being not necessarily what the typical man is. And I thought that this event could be something that shows people and shows children, especially at that age, that understanding that people are different than you doesn't necessarily make them unnormal or makes them not good. And I think that What's truly sad is that once I was announced as the person reading, the amount of hate that I received because of this resolution that is been presented to this board, um, I've been called an it. I've been called disgusting. Um, yeah, that's what abomination means. I don't think any of these people know me well enough to say any of those things, but... I think that the true understanding of what this event is supposed to be and what me dressing up in drag for it is going to be. I am not there to push any kind of agenda. I was told at the library council meeting last night that I'm pushing the trans agenda. I'm pushing an overly sexualized agenda. And that is furthest from the truth. I am just as talented as a singer or a dancer or anyone that has a special talent. It just mine is dressing up as a woman, entertaining a crowd. Which now, is an abomination. Everywhere you can go, you can see that people can change their views for certain audiences. Just as much as someone can be an actor and uh, be in an actor movie for a rated R movie, and they can go around and be in a G-rated movie, I can go and entertain, entertain an adult in a club, but also entertain a group of students and young children. I'm able to do that because I'm an adult and I know how to filter myself. And I just think that it is implorable of some of the opinions that I've seen and some of the looks I received here tonight. Okay, just a second. He's an adult and he knows how to filter and blah. Yeah, but kids don't. This is why we protect them from these things until they've been matured enough to where they can filter what they're seeing and what they're hearing. So he's telling you right off the bat, he's an adult. He knows what he's doing. But the kids he reads to and performs in front of and all this other, they don't know that. He knows he's committing crimes. He knows it. And because nobody will hold him accountable, he just continues right on with it. The eyes that people give you whenever they think that you are the one that's in support of this event is truly disgusting. And I am not here to obviously change anyone's views about me. But I'm here to let you know that this event is something that's going to be very beautiful. And for the children and the people that support it are going to realize that this is going to be the grooming of the next generation. Can we back that up? This is one of their own saying this. This isn't Tim Brown. This isn't Bradley Dean. I want you to listen to that again. It's something that's going to be very beautiful. And for the children and the people that support it are going to realize that this is going to be the grooming of the next generation. Oh, we are grooming. trying to groom the next, next generation gen to not see the way that they just did. Oh. And just because I said that, you heard the little plore of people behind me. Yeah. It's disgusting. Because you spit we out We are the trying truth. to teach people to be tolerable, to be 
patient to be loving. And the fact of the matter is that I'm standing right here and there's probably 50 people behind me looking at me with daggers, wishing that I would probably die in a car wreck whenever I leave here. It's truly implorable. And that is what we're trying to do with Drag Queen Storytime. We're trying to raise people to be loving and caring individuals. And I really hope that this event is going to do that for not only just the children at this event, but children in the future. Thank you. All right. So you heard it out of his own mouth. I didn't say it. We're, we're grooming the next generation. Now he distorts what they're grooming him for. Oh, to be loving and tolerant. How, how loving and tolerant was Audrey Hill? How loving and tolerant are all those trans delusionals that picked up their weapons and made these these memes about, you know, defending their rights and, you know, all this kind of nonsense? How loving was that? Well, Tim, you've held up. I've held up a gun to deal with those who violate the law. And I've talked about using it in defense or in the case of South Carolina, how our castle doctrines and such are written. I assume the rights of those who are being violated and I can take out take I can use their rights to defend them. That's a whole different thing than saying I'm going to come in here and, you know, poison the minds of children in order to make them, quote unquote, tolerable and loving. Which they're not looking to make them either. They're looking to demoralize them. They're looking to use them. They're looking to sodomize them. That's what they're looking. This guy right here, oh, he comes across as so nice, doesn't he? So gentle. He's, he's just a kind young man. He keeps clean. But at night, he comes out in perverse drag to poison the minds of adults and children. This is what they're pushing and it is to try to get you to conform to their image. Now, let me, I've got several things I want to get to, but if I can, let me see if I can pop these out real quickly. This guy, from what I understand, he's sort of a, well, I don't know if he's a comedian or what, but he makes a good point here in what he's saying. And you can see this line going. And if you go back to when we talked about uh, God's judgment and the two examples from Genesis 19 and, and Judges 19 and 20, uh, one of the things you'll see is the men of Sodom were mad at Lot. Lot had become you know, pretty prominent in Sodom. And they said, here's one. He's come in. He's a foreigner. And he's come in. And now he's going to judge us. He's going to judge us because we want to rape these, these men, what they thought were men. But they were really angels who came in. Listen to what this guy says. And you tell me, you tell me this isn't exactly where it's going because they're already asking questions about would men engage in sexual intercourse or it wouldn't even be sexual intercourse would they engage in sodomy with a trans delusional all right listen to this guy i was talking to a man the other day who was leaving decided to immigrate decided to leave this country and i said why are you leaving he said it's homosexuality i said what are you talking about he said 300 years ago if you were homosexual you were hanged drawn and quartered 100 years ago if you're homosexual you were hanged. 50 years ago, if you were homosexual, you were flogged and given 20 years in prison. 20 years ago, if you were homosexual, you were fined 200 pounds and sent to prison for two years. Five years ago, if you were homosexual, you had a small fine and you were pardoned. Got off with a warning. I said, well, what are you leaving for? He said, I'm gone before they make it compulsory. <laughs> Okay, so the crowd laughs. There's a punchline there 
But I think, you know, there is, there is this thing about comedy. You have to have these elements of truth in them, and you kind of laugh at it to keep from ha actually having to look at it. And when you look at it, you see this is exactly where they are going. They want to wear you down. They want to break your will. They want you to get to set, cry uncle. That's what they want. And then they want to make it law. And those of you continuing to support Donald Trump, remember, this is the guy who wanted to decriminalize sodomy across the earth. If you want to say, oh, well, that's better than Joe Biden, knock yourself out. Now, I'll stand on the side of where real revelation has come. Because the people perishing are perishing because they don't hear and listen and heed that revelation, that vision that Proverbs 29.18 uphold. I've got two more, and then I'm going to go to the scriptures here. This is also one of those videos I mentioned yesterday. Bradley used it in his article yesterday, so you can see that at sonsoflibertymedia.com. But this guy, oh, I, dude, I tremble for this guy. This guy right here is something. And let me just, for the radio audience, just so you see how he presents himself, he's got a suit on. He's got some kind of funky shirt going on with like, it's like black with some kind of little white dot design or something on it. And then he's got this, I don't know, sash or something um, hanging around his neck. It's kind of like, you know, when people graduate college, they, and they get like the honors. It's one of those things that go around and it's got this, uh, these, this trans rainbow thing, you know, flag on either side with these clouds on it. This guy, I, you just you can't make this stuff up. And again, it is to conform you and to conform those listening. It is an attempt to do that, to conform them to their image. Listen. Drag is holy. There has been an assault on the rights of drag performers in this country, and we must call out the hypocrisy and the injustice. Jesus called himself a mother hen longing to gather up her chicks. Gender is a construct, you see. And if Jesus can be a mother hen, then you can dress in drag. I've even heard it said that Jesus was, and humanity is, God in drag. So let me say this again. You've heard it for said, but you haven't back. read it. Drag is holy. Drag is an abomination. That's what the scriptures say. And by the way, when he's using Jesus, Jesus was the one who gave the law, dude. He's the one who sent the law to Sinai. And who better to know than him? And what did he say in that law? He said, if a man wear that which pertaineth to a woman, it is an abomination. The guy was right when he was testifying. Some people think that I'm disgusting. No, God thinks you're disgusting, and he says so, and he calls it an abomination, which means disgusting. That's exactly what it means. But this, this character right here, this false teacher, boy, I'm going to tell you what, if he doesn't repent, there's going to be a really dark day for him and a rude awakening coming. This guy wants to take the Lord's Je the Lord Jesus's words, twist them to such a point that what he'll say is, "Well, if Jesus can be a 
a female mother hen, well, then we can dress and drag. That's what he's saying. But he forgets the context again. If you look, if you learn nothing, even if you have to correct me, that's cool. Okay. If you learn nothing from when I say anything, when you look to scripture, I hope you learn this. Don't just listen to somebody quote a Bible verse without going to the context. If you learn nothing, every time somebody quotes a Bible verse, especially if you're not familiar with it, go and look at the context before you say anything. Here's the context of what he just said. And we've been through this. What is going on in Matthew 23, class? <laughs> I just, not that I'm, I'm a teacher in that respect. Well, what, what goes on in Matthew 23, guys? Jesus has come in to the lawyers of the day, the guy who's creating the laws. Isn't that interesting? That's who he's opposing, the lawyers, the religious leaders. That's what they were. They were the ones setting up the law and making sure it was instructed. And if it wasn't followed, they were pulling people out ready to stone them or do whatever, right? And he's already promoted to them that judgment's coming on them for their hypocrisy. Read the whole chapter. That's what it's about. And then he says this. By the way, he ends with this. All these things shall come upon this generation. The stuff he promoted in Matthew 23, and then what he carries in the context over into 24, because it's the same scene in 24 as it was in 23. He's just coming out of the building. All that came upon that generation. 70 AD, it came upon them. God's judgment came upon them. And listen to what he says, though. Here's the context. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Thou that killest the prophets. Now, he's, he's out from these guys, and he says, And stonest them which are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together? Now, he makes a distinction here between Jerusalem, Jerusalem, and he's talking about the guys he just condemned, their, their government. He's condemning their government. You who kill the prophets, you stonest those which are sent to you. But I came wanting to gather your children. He's not talking about, I came to get everybody. I came to get those who were under your delusions. Let's put it that way. Even as a hen. He didn't say, I'm a hen. He didn't say, I'm female. He gave an illustration. As a hen gathereth her chicks under her wings... And ye would not. And then he pronounces, Your house is left unto you desolate. Desolate. That's the context of what this guy has twisted and perverted to say Jesus said he was kind of like dressing up like a mother hen and he, he was in a female kind of, you know, state of mind or whatever the case may be. That's what he's trying to do. And the longer we let these people do what they do, without bringing justice on their heads, because what they're doing is wicked. It's not conforming to the law of God. And there's only two remedies here. Only two. One, you put these people in the ground for what they're doing. Because what they're doing has ramifications beyond themselves. And they're wicked ramifications. There's nothing good that comes out of whatever this, whatever either of these people are talking about. You either do that, there's justice laid on that end, or 
What I would prefer to see is they repent and stop doing what they're doing. I don't have a bloodlust against anybody. But let me tell you something. If the people won't repent and they're going to go after the children, which shows you the, the depths of their depravity, they're not just going after other adults. They're going after kids. The most innocent among us to try to pervert them. And boy, I have seen some videos that just turn my stomach of what they're doing with kids and, what the, and how the kids are behaving due to these kinds of things. And it isn't just the drag queen stuff. It's other things that are going on here. This guy right here, he's in Target. This is going to be the last video I have, and then we're going to go over to Judges chapter 17. This guy was in Target, made a good point. And uh, I posted this video, and I said, if you're buying this crap for your sons to wear, you're the problem. Take a listen to this dad, and I'll, I'll try to... Well, let me, let, me just, let me go ahead and fill in the radio audience of what he's doing. He's in the Target store, which... You know what Target supports, man. I mean, I wouldn't even been there. I, I don't know if he was shopping or if he's just making a point and doing a video, but he's pulling up all these shirts uh, for kids. It's in the boys section, and they all have the rainbows on them, and they got these little creatures. He'll tell you about them on here. But here's here's what uh, here's what this dad found at the Target store. Check it out. Hey, what's up, guys? Here I am in Target, my local Target, right? Check Whoops. This out. So we're in the boys section, guys. Boys clothes section. I want to oh. show you over here. This is the clothing we have for boys. Dinosaurs are cool, right? There's a big rainbow behind the dinosaur. We're not going to stop there. We got a cloud, hula hooping with a rainbow. What's this? Trucks are cool, right? Picking up a rainbow. Why are we picking up a rainbow, guys? Why is this boy's clothing today? I'm not done. Like Baby Shark? Bye bye. There's masculinity. That's what they're doing. They're destroying masculinity. Guys, it's time to stand up against this wokeness. We need to stand up as parents and leaders and fathers. Like and follow for more. Hmm. Mm, that's a good message. We we got to stand up and do that. I. What do you what do you do with this? This is one of the things why I don't like talking animal movies and stuff. <laughs> I don't know if any of you are out there like that. I can watch one. Um, look, I I was raised seeing Disney films at the at the theater, uh, Jungle Book, and you know stuff like that. And even some of those are kind of twisted when you stop and think about what they're presenting. This is why I don't listen to talking animal stuff because animal, then they look so cute. Then they turn it into the worship of the creature rather than the worship of, of God. Like Romans 1 says. And now all of a sudden everybody wants to, you know, they have this unhealthy affection for animals. It's an unhealthy one. Like the animal is another person, another human. And they're not. And all this stuff gets kind of, it just gets really twisted. So let's go over here to Judges chapter 20. There's a, a Judges chapter 17. I'm sorry. So if you're, if you're on the radio and you want to follow along with us, Judges chapter 17. And I want you to look at uh, what's going on here. Verse 1. And there was a man of Mount Ephraim whose name was Micah. And he said unto his mother, the 1100 shekels of silver that were taken from thee, about which thou cursedest, and she, she pronounced a curse on whoever took them, and spakest of also in mine ears, behold, the silver is with me. So this woman got so upset that her 1,100 shekels of silver were taken, she pronounced a curse on her own son, not even knowing it was, that, was the, that was the way it was, right? 
She spoke a little foolishly and quick. Behold, the silver is me. I took it. And his mother said, Blessed be thou of the Lord, my son. <laughs> she wants to take the curse back. I don't want to give a curse. I want to take it back. I want to bless you. Blessed be thou of the Lord, my son. And when he had restored the 1,100 shekels of silver to his mother, his mother said, I had wholly dedicated the silver unto the Lord from my hand for my son to make a graven image. So she makes this in the midst of her cursing. She also said, Lord, if I get the, if I get the silver back, I'll dedicate it unto you. Well, look how she tries to dedicate it to the Lord. To make a graven image and a molten image. Now, therefore, I will restore it unto thee. Yet he restored the money unto his mother, and his mother took 200 shekels of silver, not the whole 1,100. She took 200 shekels of silver, gave them to the founder, who made thereof a graven image and a molten image, and they were in the house of Micah, and the man Micah had a house of gods. Well, where did he learn to do that? Where did he learn to get a house of gods? From his mama. From his mama. And made an ephod and teraphim, and consecrated one of his sons who became his priest. Now, didn't we just talk about this yesterday? Second commandment's not hard to understand, is it? You shall not make a graven image of any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, that is on the earth beneath, that is in the waters under the earth. You shall not bow down to them, nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations, to those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. Now, I know everybody's whittled down the second commandment to don't make idols or don't make graven images, but that's what the second commandment actually says, what I just quoted to you from Exodus 20. That's what the commandment says. Not just make them. Don't bow down to them. Don't serve them. Don't worship them. You're going to bring a curse on yourself and the generations that follow you. Why? Because you're going to teach them to do the same thing. And then I want you to notice what happens in this passage because that's not all. Listen, verse 6. This is right after he consecrates his son. He makes an ephod. This isn't even, I mean, this isn't even biblical in, the, in any sense of the word. In those days, there was no king in Israel. But every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Let me read that again. In those days, there was no king in Israel. But every man did that which was right in his own eyes. What do we know from Scripture that the king is supposed to do? He's not supposed to lord his kingship over the people. He's not to steal from the people. He's not to make himself somehow better than the people. He is to uphold the law. Romans 13 is about condemning the wicked and justifying the righteous. The king bears the sword. Does he bear it in vain? Nope. It's to take and use against evildoers. And that's evildoers as the Bible has defined them or as God has laid out that they are. This is why I say... These people doing these drag queen things and, and pushing this transdelusional stuff, these people are worthy of the sword to be brought against them for their violations of God's law, of the natural moral law that all of us should be able to see around us. Sadly, sin blinds us to that, 
and our own flesh wants to suppress that truth and unrighteousness. Read Romans 1, 18 and following. That's what it does. But what happened here? There was no upholder of the law, physically speaking. God was there. He's their king. And every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Now, I'm going to skip context just a little bit. I know this is unlike me, especially when I talk to the other, but I want to make a point about what comes up in the next couple of chapters. Judges 18. In those days, there was no king in Israel. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Chapter 19. And it came to pass in those days when there was no king in Israel. And what was happening? What did we just read in chapter 17? The people did what was right in their own eyes. What's he referencing here? There's no justice that's being done. There's no justice. This is why God continually has to send judges in, like Samson, like Deborah, like Ehud and the others. Because the people were doing what was right in their own eyes. They were being oppressed, and God had to send a judge in the midst of them to deliver them from their oppressors. That's what's going on here. And what's going on right now here in the United States? Are we not being oppressed? Are we not being confronted on every side right now? The people of God, are we not doing that? Even Look, even people who aren't the people of God are seeing some of this stuff for what it is. Do they call it out as being wicked and abominable and disgusting? But it seems that we're catching an affront on every side. Why is that? Is it because we've not become the moral compass of society? Have, has the salt lost its saltiness? Let's put it that way. And Jesus says when the salt loses its savor, what's it good for? What's it good for? to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Do you know why the church has become a laughingstock in the United States? It becomes a laughingstock because it does not uphold the truth of the Word of God. It presents no vision for the people of what they're to be about. Go out and ask the average man or woman on the street. Maybe we can do this one day. I don't know. Maybe we can ask the average man or woman on the street, what is your purpose in life? If you went back, even, I'm going to guess here, and say 100 years, you may have to go back a little further. I don't know. If you ask the average person in the church, they would understand to some extent or another that their purpose was to give glory to the Creator in whatever they did. If they were digging ditches, if they were farming, if they were raising herds, if they were a, uh, and a, a banker, and I'm talking about in a real sense a banker, <laughs> not the stuff we call them today and what they engage in. If you were uh, a pastor, if you were a, a guy who milled wood, you look to do that for the glory of God. Now most people probably couldn't tell you what their purpose is except maybe to get 
you know, get married, have some kids, make some money. That would be that would be the end of their purpose. That's what they've been taught. That's what they live. They've been conformed to the image of the world. Not to the image of God, not to the image of Christ. And by the way, that's where I want to end on this. While the world is seeking to push us into its image, and it doesn't just come through these, these couple of examples. These are the, this is the latest. They've pushed us into the image on money. We've talked about that. They pushed us into the in, image of, uh, their image of sexuality. They are pushing us into their image of what justice is. But we're not called to be that. We're not called to be that at all. In fact, look at what we're told. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Do you notice a pattern here? Men aren't doing this for themselves. God is doing it to them. He predestinates them. He calls them. He justifies them. He glorifies them. And guess what? Whoops, wrong button. He conforms them to the image of Christ. So when you see men and women being conformed to the image of Christ, don't give glory to that person. Give it to God. He is the one doing it. And if you see any conformity at all of Christ in this guy right here, me, give glory to God for that. Because if you, know, if you knew me, you would know that's not me. That is something that God does. And how does he do it? He, do, he does it by bringing men to the end of themselves, bringing them to the end of thinking they can just determine what's right and wrong and live it out and be moral and upstanding and stand before him on judgment day and say, I've kept it all. I've done it all right. No, 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 friend. He has sent his son to show that we can't do it right. And he took our place, the sinner's place, upon the cross, facing death, which was the judgment for sin. And if you won't turn from your sin, if you'll hang on to your sin rather than cling to the one who died on the cross, let me tell you something. You have a fearful expectation of judgment. Turn from your sin while you still have time. Don't conform to the ways of the world. Conform to the Lord Jesus Christ. Bradley will be with you at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. See you back here at 6 a.m. Lord willing. Adios.